ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host and master of shenanigans, Paul J. Long, and we're riding solo today. Solo, baby. So strap in, because this is the voice that you're going to have to get used to over the course of the next few minutes, however long we wrap for. Now, before we get into today's episode and content, I'd like to shout out Charlie Hustle, because Charlie Hustle, they have been with me and this voice for quite a long time. And uh, I don't know why or how they haven't been annoyed by me thus far, but I have thoroughly enjoyed our partnership in uh, creating community in Kansas City, and I am super proud to wear their threads and awesome apparel around town and even on the road when I'm out and about. So if you know nothing of Charlie Hustle, please visit charliehustle.com to learn more about them, and I'm certain you will find a common theme in why we joined forces. Specifically, they're all about that youthful exuberance, getting back to that child look, childlike look, both of those things, spirit. So uh, charliehustle.com to learn more, and uh, you're going to find out why they're so near and dear to my heart. Speaking of near and dear to my heart, mental health is a subject that, uh, that hits a really close to home for me. Many of you know that that my family and even I, from time to time, can struggle uh, with mental health and uh, have battled depression, anxiety, fear, all that good stuff that I'm certain that most of you as our Fundamism podcast listeners can relate to. And the pandemic has not helped, right? Our uh, lack of personal interaction with others has us longing for more genuine and authentic interactions where we could shake hands and and hug and you know talk of stories past reminisce in person while laughing but unfortunately we haven't and don't always have that opportunity right now so i know that there's a lot of folks that uh, need help that need help not just on the the what needs to be done to move ourselves forward, but the how we can move ourselves forward. And so if you've been tuning in, you know that I've been drip, drip, dripping fundamism content lately. A couple of weeks ago, we dropped in an episode the uh, introduction and uh, forward of the Fundamism Connecting to Life Through Fun book featuring our very own favorite all-pro tight end Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it, not Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, man, I felt cheated uh, in that Super Bowl, but we're not going to... Why you got to bring up old stuff, Paul? You guys know what I'm talking about. Today, we're going we're gonna to take that, that introduction and that forward to the, the next level. I'm going to play for you, in all its glory, chapter one of our Audible version of Fundamism, Connecting to Life Through Fun. Now, if you've read the book, I greatly appreciate your support, and hopefully it's resonated, it's helped, uh, it's potentially provided you some real-life tactical steps to create more fun in life. 
But if you haven't had the opportunity, well, guess what? (laughs) I got you, fam. Because here we are with chapter one. So it's not your traditional podcast. This is literally chapter one arriving at Fun's front door. This is the content that you will be able to check out in the Audible version wherever you download Audible books. So enjoy and uh, let me know your thoughts. This is one of the one of the most uh, prideful uh, projects. Is that right? This is one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career is being able to record my book on Audible. And uh, I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I did recording it. Enjoy. Chapter one, arriving at Fun's front door. I will love the light for it shows me the way. Yet I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. Ogmandino. To give you some important background on fundamentalism and to establish some essential elements of the fundamentalism philosophy of living, let me tell you how I arrived at Fun's front door. Simply put, pain. Pain, disappointment, sadness, and injustice. That's what propelled me to embrace Fun and all that Fun has to offer. As contrary as it may sound, It was all things negative in life that convinced me that fun was the way to go. Let me give you the stories so you could get that much closer to embracing fundamentalism, no matter the hurt and disappointment you may have experienced. Victim or victor, the choice. Growing up was easy for me. Despite the fact that my parents divorced shortly after I reached the age of one, I was truly blessed with friends and family that loved me unconditionally. Both my mother and father remarried. And while my mother's second marriage was short-lived, my father's endured the test of time. You know, like many, we struggled with money. I distinctly remember situations where I had to go to the grocery store and buy milk with food stamps. Or the time I was asked by my mother to take a Ziploc bag of nickels and dimes into the gas station to put $5 of gas in our rusty Oldsmobile Delta 88. Embarrassing. Throughout the early years of my adolescence, I didn't fully understand how amazing my stepmother truly was. At times, I looked at her as the wicked witch of the Midwest and even convinced myself that my story paralleled that of Cinderella. Of course, I mean uh, a much more burly, boss, masculine version of Cinderella, but Cinderella nevertheless. My friends would always joke around about the chores I had to do before I could hang out. Hey, Paul, we would ask you to go to the football game, but uh, you wouldn't have enough time to paint the house. (laughs) They would joke. Every time I asked my father if I could stay the night at my friend John's, he would respond with the same old tired line. Yeah, you could go, just not today. (laughs) This would then be followed by the most annoying laugh that you had ever heard. It wasn't until I graduated high school that I realized my stepmother was the glue that held our whole family together. Our family consisted of my father, stepmother, brother, two half-sisters, and myself. As I'm sure you can imagine, feeding a family of six wasn't always the easiest. My stepmother worked in the claims department at Walmart, and my father worked, when he was able to, as a building official for the city of Lewisburg, Kansas. Now, I love my father. He's my blood. 
and has helped me to become everything that I am today. He did this by modeling the traits I wanted to emulate while also showing me things I never wanted to become. We all have strengths and opportunity gaps. When you closely observe all sides of a person, it is possible to learn and grow from almost all individuals in your life. Choosing Victim My father suffered from a debilitating disease that millions of people suffer from around the world. Some are able to recover. They surround themselves with positive people and a support system that aids them in overcoming the sickness. Others are not so fortunate. They allow the disease to define their existence and negatively impact all those around them. This disease is spreading rampantly throughout our planet. While the sickness may not have an official medical term, it can adequately be described in three words. Woe is me. My father was an entrepreneur who made a living developing commercial buildings in the Kansas City area. He was on cloud nine after landing one of the largest jobs to date when he began the lengthy and expensive process of constructing a new development. However, the company that hired my father had been experiencing financial instability and ended up filing bankruptcy. After this happened, the world that my father knew was sent into a tailspin. Everything that he owned was tied to this development, so he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. At this point, he had to make a choice. He could use this experience as a growth opportunity for himself, or he could make it an excuse and highlight it as a defining moment in a life that didn't turn out as expected. Ultimately, this moment was the beginning of my father's demise, a downward spiral plagued by addiction and reoccurring back problems caused, in my opinion, by immersing himself in a lifetime of negative baggage. My father filed bankruptcy in his 30s, and it negatively impacted his life ever since. He blamed every failure or loss on that one experience and had trouble owning outcomes based on his decisions. Shortly after my father's 60th birthday, he passed. The last five years of his life, he spent sleeping exclusively in a recliner, in a fog created by opioids, and consuming a diet that consisted mainly of Milky Way Simply Caramel Bars and Coca-Cola while lighting each new cigarette with the previous one. He gave up on life, but sought forgiveness from those around him. Life does not always happen as we've planned for it to happen. Many of us have experienced horrible things that no one person should have to see or feel. These experiences, however, help define who we are and what we become. The strength that we possess and develop through times of sorrow becomes a part of us and allows others to see that recovery is possible. I forgive him. My father's suffering gave me the ability to thrive. His strength shaped me. His opportunities drove me. I am thankful for every experience that he went through because it gave me the fire to help others overcome the hardships that they face. My dad was special, as are you. Don't give up. There's still time to make the changes necessary to create more happiness in your life. Choosing Victor. I now realize that my stepmother is truly a saint. 
She is one of two unbelievable moms in my life, and I don't consider her a stepmother at all. To me, she's just mom. Mom managed the family finances and limited the negative impact our father could play on our attitudes by showing my siblings and me that we had a choice. She could have allowed herself to fall into the funk that plagued my father on a regular basis. However, she remained as strong as Sylvester Stallone in his arm wrestling classic, Over the Top, and continues to be one of the most optimistic people I have ever met. You have a choice. You can be the example of what those around you are scared to death to become, or you can be an inspiration to others. This can only be done by the way you choose to react to life experiences. Life doesn't stop to cry about what has happened. So why should we spend too much time in doing so? Now, it's perfectly acceptable to grieve, reflect, and express sadness in times of heartache. Tears are good for the healing process, and I encourage everyone to shed a few during difficult times. However, if you are both determined and quick to look ahead and move forward, you will find it impossible to drown in the puddles those tears leave. The examples my father and stepmother set certainly paved my way to fundamism. But what landed me on Fun's front doorstep is another story. The story of Noah Wilson. Noah, courageous, present, impactful. Did you know that only 4% of federal cancer funding supports pediatric cancer research? I didn't either until I was introduced to one of the most caring, wise, funny, strong, driven, and inspirational people that I have ever met. I'd like to call your attention to the fact that the individual exhibiting those traits, who started a charity founded on giving hope to those in need, inspired an entire community to raise awareness for pediatric cancer research and altered the course of my life. This individual was only seven years old. And his name, Noah Wilson. What does charity, community, pediatric cancer, and little Noah Wilson have to do with fundamism? In short, the story of Noah Wilson became the inspiration I needed to finish the book that you're listening to now. People ask me all the time why I'm so passionate about pediatric cancer research and the events that led me to becoming the president of Noah's Bandage Project's board. In the pages that follow, you'll learn that Noah Wilson not only embodied many elements of fundamism, but he is the blueprint for how fundamism can be leveraged to help change your perspective and bring more happiness to your life. To understand the depth of this incredible boy, the courage he showed, and the impact he left on this earth, it's important to learn his story from someone with firsthand knowledge and experience. Unfortunately, Noah Wilson passed at the age of seven. He'll never fully understand the difference he made to Scott, his father, Deb, his mother, his siblings, or the countless others he inspired. However, by listening to the following words of Scott Wilson, my hope is that you find strength in Noah's story and are driven to alter the narrative in your own. Noah was always an easy child. From the moment he was born, he always had an incredible peace about him and a confidence that he could do anything. 
When he walked into a room, a peace would fill the space. He loved God and was confident in his calling. We believe that it was this confidence that helped him remain so courageous throughout his life. In March of 2014, Noah began experiencing pain in his lower back and right leg. It started off as an intermittent pain throughout the day that seemed to worsen at night. He had trouble sleeping flat in his bed, so he and I would camp out on the recliner in our family room. We started the process of getting him checked out by a doctor, visiting a chiropractor, urgent care, and even the ER over the course of about a month. The pain would come and go, but eventually it got worse to the point that it hurt to walk, twist, or even move. This was the start of Noah's courage. Despite his pain, he still smiled when he could. He put up with a month-long process of trying to figure out what was going on and, and never lost his spirit of peace. On April 18, 2014, at the age of six, Noah was diagnosed with cancer. It was in his back on his T12 vertebrae and was wrapping itself around his spine. The pressure from the tumor pressing against his spinal cord was what was causing the pain in his lower back and leg. Over the next week, Noah was poked and prodded, and he underwent biopsies, procedures, MRIs, CT scans, bone scans, and PET scans. All of it was scary, and most required him to be sedated. He was put under almost every day for a week, sometimes even multiple times in a day. He was going through terrifying events, and we were doing everything that we could to stay positive and show him strength. But who knew? It was Noah, wise beyond his years, providing us strength the whole time. With every procedure, while Noah was scared, he would do everything the doctors asked. He would walk into hospital rooms without us and later wake up in a daze, not knowing where he was. He even presses morphine button repeatedly to try and keep the pain from being unbearable. Despite this, we would see his smile every night as we prayed and asked God to heal him. Noah was officially diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, a bone cancer that represents about 6% of all pediatric cancer cases. There are roughly 200 children per year in the United States diagnosed with this form of cancer, so it's considered to be extremely rare. Noah started chemotherapy on April 25th, 2014. Early on into his chemo treatments, Noah would get shots in his legs every single night. The shots provided him a steroid that would help him counteract the impact of the chemo drugs. You see, chemotherapy is very hard on the body, especially that of children. One night, following his shots, Noah asked his nurse if they had any superhero bandages rather than the traditional boring brown bandages that they had been giving him. You could see the disappointment in his eyes when the nurse told him that the brown bandages was all they had. That disappointment, though, quickly morphed into inspiration, and we could tell that Noah had an idea. No one knew what these bandages meant to kids. They were more than just a means to cover their wounds, but rather, they were a badge of courage. A badge to show others that you overcame the anxiety and pain of something incredibly scary. A bandage could help kids identify one another too by displaying a child's individual interests, likes, and hobbies. 
Noah observed that kids on his floor all wore the same hospital gowns and many were bald. So everyone looked the same. They needed something different, a differentiator. And that's what bandages offered. We'll never forget the determined look Noah expressed when he entered our room one afternoon with a sign that he'd made entirely on his own. It read, if you have any band-aids, put them in this basket for children's mercy. He told us that he wanted to start collecting bandages so that all kids at the hospital could have cool, fun bandages to help them get better. This was the beginning of Noah's Bandage Project. With the help of our friends and local news outlets, word spread quickly of Noah's quest to find fun bandages. His project took off, and people from all over the world wanted to help. We received boxes from California, New York, Ohio, and even England. Noah's work didn't stop with bandages, though. With only 4% of federal funding going to pediatric cancer research, Noah wanted to help advance treatments and provide additional hope to the young warriors battling this terrible disease. In just over two years, Noah's Bandage Project collected over 67,000 boxes of fun bandages and generated an excess of $350,000 for pediatric cancer research. Noah consistently showed a genuine interest in others, not just through the work of his project, but in his daily interactions as well. One day at the hospital, Noah met a teenage girl by the name of Brittany. Brittany, a fellow cancer warrior, had to get a feeding tube placed in her nose similar to that of Noah's. Cancer treatments impact the whole body. The chemotherapy drugs not only attack the cancer, but attack the healthy parts of the body, causing most patients to lose a lot of weight. Some, like Noah and Brittany, they lose their appetites altogether. Brittany didn't come out of her room much due to the embarrassment she felt after receiving her newly placed feeding tube. The tube was visible to others and, in her opinion, did not look normal. On this particular day, Noah was playing in the playroom when Brittany decided to come get a movie and take it back to her room. She saw Noah with his feeding tube doing some crafts. Noah immediately struck up a conversation with her. The conversation quickly led to their feeding tubes with Brittany asking questions about how he liked it and what others thought. Noah glowed. He glowed when communicating how the tube allowed him to take meds without the horrible taste and how he could eat his food without doing any work. In this way, this six-year-old boy was encouraging a teenage girl not to be afraid and was helping her identify the good that comes with a feeding tube. This was Noah. He carried with him a spirit created to help others. Being appreciative of what has been given, showing a genuine interest in others, providing hope to those in need, and smiling through it all defined our little boy. He was taken from this earth on June 30th, 2015, after developing a secondary form of cancer known as leukemia. No one never let his cancer diagnosis stop him from fulfilling the plan we feel God had for him. He looked cancer in the face and said, I will not be afraid of you. You will not stop me from helping others. This is the mindset that we carry in our continued work with Noah's Bandage Project. And it is our hope that his story inspires you to do the same in your life. That was from Scott Wilson, father of Noah Wilson. I had the pleasure of meeting Noah Wilson in April of 2015. 
He was a huge Kansas City Royals fan, and apparently he appreciated the silliness of the cat suits my friend John Stoner, yes, Stoner, and I were wearing. More to follow on that. I'll never forget the day that Noah and I connected. Noah's father, Scott, invited John and me to the hospital for a brief visit as Noah was undergoing treatment. This was my first trip to the pediatric wing of any hospital, and I was a little uh, overcome with emotion. When we entered Noah's room, Scott greeted us. He mentioned that Noah was pretty worn out, but excited to meet us. As I glanced over at Noah, I felt a reluctance from him about our visit. My heart felt heavy, and I was worried that Noah didn't want us there. Really, though, this was, this was my mind deciding to take on a negative perspective. You know, choosing victim over victor. So often I find that our preconceived notions of how an experience will play out actually get in the way of our experiencing things as they truly are playing out. Often we limit opportunities in life based on how we feel things are going to go. We get an idea about a situation and and let it determine how we experience it, no matter how far from reality our idea actually is. However, the truth is, we have no idea how things are going to go. So the best way to handle it is to be present and choose to stay positive. As you'll soon learn, this is the foundational component of fundamentalism. The feeling that Noah didn't want us there was something I'd concocted in my own head. Because I was uncomfortable and scared of seeing my own children go through what Noah was experiencing, I put that energy on him and the situation and determined that he was unhappy with the visit. My feelings of discomfort quickly subsided when Noah and I began chatting. The moment I got out of my head, became present in the experience, and was able to feel Noah's calm and positive energy was the moment our connection sparked. Noah and I immediately began talking about the Kansas City Royals, a team that would later make its first MLB postseason appearance in 29 freaking years. Noah's face lit up. He began asking questions about our cat suits and our favorite Royals players while showing a genuine interest in both John and I. As I stood there chatting with this amazing boy, I I couldn't help but appreciate the moment. Here was Noah decked out in a black Under Armour shirt, beautiful bald baby head, and a a smile that could light up any metropolitan area. This kid, he was battling cancer, undergoing chemotherapy, and appeared absolutely exhausted lying in his hospital bed. Despite all of this, I, I never heard one negative word out of his mouth, and he seemed completely present in the moment. I could learn from him. As John and I prepared to leave, we gave Noah an awesome custom bow tie featuring the Hulk to symbolize our appreciation of his strength and courage. Several hours after our departure, we received a group text from Scott Wilson. The message remains one of the most memorable gifts that anyone has ever given to me. A video of Noah Wilson. There he stood, Noah, in the hospital hallway, connected to an IV with a smile on his face and waving a blue Royals rally towel over his head. Sporting his his newly acquired Hulk bow tie, he cheerfully exclaimed, Go Royals! Thanks, cat guys, for coming. See you soon.
Tears streamed down my face as I watched the video multiple times. Noel Wilson will always have a special place in my heart. Over the next few months, I was inspired by his silly YouTube videos, the desire he expressed daily to help others, and his love of baseball. I even got to attend his first Little League baseball game in over a year as he underwent his final stages of chemotherapy. This was a game where he went two for three from the dish and had a put out at first. The delight he carried with him from playing this game was tremendous and something that none of us will ever understand. Seeing him struggle running around the bases, clearly in pain and exhaustion due to his treatment, will forever be etched in my mind. Despite my perspective of how terrible he must have felt, Noah exuded happiness, excitement, and gratitude during this experience. He was completely in the moment. Talk about a joy-filled perspective. Noah changed my life. He provided me the perspective and direction that I'd been lacking for years. I was with him the day he passed. And I'm eternally grateful that his family invited me to the hospital to say goodbye. This day marked the end of his pain and the beginning of his amazing legacy. To understand the concept of fundamentalism and the power perspective could hold on our mindset, I found it essential to share Noah's story. While his story is unbelievably sad, Noah found peace and strength in his purpose. A purpose he knew was defined by bringing happiness and hope to others. His purpose helped frame the pain he felt, encouraged him to fight, and gave his parents the strength they needed to carry forward. The mentality that he carried, focusing on what gave him strength as opposed to what tore him down, defines fundamentalism. As you progress through the remainder of this book and begin implementing fundamentalism in your life, remember that perspective is everything. No matter your circumstance, there will always be someone that has it worse than you. And quite honestly, they might even be handling it better and finding deep purpose in their pain like little Noah Wilson. Find inspiration in Noah's life story. Alter your perspective. Gravitate towards the things that give you strength and appreciate the amazing things you have in life. In doing so, I promise your mindset will transform an additional opportunity plus greater delight and fulfillment will ultimately reveal itself. Fun chapter takeaways. You have a choice, victim or victor. Perspective is everything. Your perspective on a situation and on your life as a whole doesn't just happen. It's something you choose. Draw inspiration from the joy-filled, purpose-driven perspective Noah chose to embrace. Next up, I know what you're thinking. Wait, is this dude just going to glance over the fact that two guys were prancing around in cat suits? What exactly is a cat suit? In the next chapter, you'll learn the full story of how John Stoner and I became the Kansas City Royals fans of the year once we got out of our heads, stopped worrying about what people thought of us, and had a ton of fun. This catsuit saga will serve as a part of our larger discussion of daily purposeful engagement and fun, aka our fundamentals. That was it. <laughs> the book was almost done. I'm just joking. You just finished chapter one. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? 
Hey, do you guys get that? That was a little Huey Lewis in the News remix. Arriving at Fun's front door. That was chapter one of the Fundamism Connecting to Life Through Fun book. And you guys heard the fun chapter takeaways. You have a choice, believe it or not. Victim or victor. And uh, just because you're having a bad day, just because you feel like bad things are happening to you and you're playing the role of a victim, it, it doesn't mean that you're not a victor. You see, even victors have bad days. I mean, I consistently have bad days. But the key is, what can be learned from a bad day? In self-reflection, when asking yourself honestly, how did I get here? How do I move past this? What can I learn so as to not create this experience, bad experience again? And then gravitating towards something that makes you smile, you could start to mitigate the number of challenges or frustrating situations that you that you fall into. And, and if you can't mitigate them, right, maybe that's pie in the sky, at least you could start to limit the impact that those bad days have on you. Gravitate towards things that make you smile. Self-reflect and ask what can be learned and then move the heck on. Because dwelling gets you nowhere but darkness and depression. Perspective is everything. No matter what you're going through in this world, somebody out there has got it worse than you. And quite honestly, they're handling it just a little bit better. So as you're you're, uh, taking note of all the stuff that's not working around you, Be as deliberate in identifying all the great things that are around you, all the amazing people and relationships and value that others serve you and that you serve others. Perspective. And lastly, I hope that you were as impacted by the story of Noah Wilson as I have been in my life. That young man changed me so much. And I'm I'm consistently brought back to what he accomplished at the age of six. And I feel truly blessed that I have the opportunity in nearly every keynote engagement, virtual or live, to share the story of Noah Wilson. And, and what hits me so hard is if this young man can change the way that hospitals order supplies, could create a lasting legacy that has generated over 6 million fun bandages for kids going through a struggle and $1 million for pediatric cancer research. If he did all that at the ages of six and seven, respectively, then what excuse do we have? What excuse do we have not to find ways to alter perspective and choose more of a victor's mentality and invite more joy, fun, and fulfillment in our day while creating it for others. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have the happiness you desire. You just have to choose to make it a priority. Now, we greatly appreciate you choosing Fundamism as some vehicle to help you 
accomplish some level of joy, fun, and fulfillment in your life. And as always, we challenge you to go out and seek fun in your day and potentially even create it in the lives of a few others. Until we catch you on the flip side, be safe, smile often, and have fun. Deuces! 